Good morning, Kesha. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Another another whole week has gone by. It's crazy how fast things, considering the fact that I think people are still dealing with sort of, uh, obviously still dealing with COVID recovering, what have you. I don't know, the world just seems to go faster than I expected to. Yes, it's it's going by pretty quick. It seems like I have much to do, and I'm I, I feel like I'm doing well. And then all of a sudden, it's the end of the day, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where'd that one go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look up and you're like, it's nine o'clock. Yeah. How, how do you how do you fit it all in, or you just don't? It depends on whether or not it's something that I can move to the next day or not. Okay. I'm okay. Um, So, I mean, I do a couple of different things. Sometimes I get up super early because I don't believe in the 24-hour (laughs) workday in terms of me doing that because I got to a place where I nearly um, had a nervous breakdown because and the amount of work that I was doing without any balance. And, and so that's just not something that I, I, I choose to do any longer. So I'd rather get up, I'd rather go to sleep, get some rest and get up earlier to do the work necessary than to try to both, you know, burn, burn both ends of the stick, so to speak. Gotcha. Yeah, fair enough. So you, so you try to, do you account for what you have to do the next day? Do you, are you a list maker? Like, how do you how do you recall or remember? I gotta get that, those yeah. things done. Yeah, so I make lists, and then I prioritize. It. So I, I prioritize in days and week. So there's some things that aren't necessary to do on Monday. They may be necessary to do for the week, and so they get added in according to that. And then the daily accomplishment list. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I need to accomplish. <clears throat> um, and then I prioritize, you know, whether the, the level of importance of what that is. Gotcha. Do you like to uh, do it to go back and, and like consider all that you did accomplish? Yeah, I review. I mean, I keep everything written. So, um, so what I have, which is, I don't know, maybe I don't, anyway, I have a notebook that I keep, notes in I also keep notes in my phone so I know that's like some people are just like one or the other but there's something about writing things down that that just appeals to me so I like to write um things down as well and so I have tons of those actually so they're almost like because they're kind of like daily journals but not the kind that I write my thoughts in so I go back and I'm like oh yeah that's where that was and I and because it gives me recall so it's not just like to-do list. It gives me recall. I might have jotted something down. I was like, oh, yeah, I told that person this, and it opens my mind to remember everything else that happened in that day. So, um, yeah. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll date it. So, like, today will be June 19th, and I'll make, you know, there's things that need to happen. Then there'll be notes in that day, maybe conversations that I had, something that I'll want to remember. Um, and so I keep those. And I'll go through them. I mean, years. I have tons of them. Some I, I get rid of eventually. Like, I don't 
now I, I have maybe stuff going two years back. I'll read through that, throw stuff away. I'll flip through the pages because they may have jotted something down like a quote or whatever. So that's what it is. It's almost like a, an accomplishment journal. Right. Well, that's kind of cool though. I mean, it's nice to, be able to go back and, and, and relook at those things. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. So that, that's, you know, a nice, uh, uh, a nice thing that lets you uh, have that kind of um, of response, right? Mm -hmm. Opportunity to go back and look at things. So, yeah, just I, some I don't know. What mm -hmm. So, what about me, Ethan? Yeah. Um, yeah, I keep a. I have moved away from sort of the list making and tried to to create blocks of time in my day to accomplish the things I want to. Now. There are times that that works, and there's times you have to be you have to be flexible enough to say, okay, that block has to get moved, or I'm willing to move that block because this is something I've been wanting to to accomplish. But what I try, I've been trying not to do, is simply to ignore the block. If the block is there and there's something that has become more important, then I take the 20 seconds it takes to take the block and literally, I keep my calendar electronically, move it to a new block. Right. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to just working over it with something else, in which case I, I treated the block like it didn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the flexibility to adjust your schedule as you need to. Or I think for me, at least, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are so rigid. They say, no, this is the time I do X. But I, I, I don't function like that. Um, yeah. I do like to review. I keep I keep bizarre notebooks. I keep bizarre notebooks that just have like, Sometimes they'll just have scribbles or just a few words in them, like on a page, mm -hmm. but I'm able to decipher my own code as to what that means. No one yeah. else would understand why yeah. I had that written down. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Kind, of, kind of our own version to the same thing in its own way, right? Yeah, I, I think it's good to, I like to be retrospective. I, um, there's certain things that I realize that I've determined that I, especially in the last five years to do differently. So there's, there's, so, uh, so being, so having those things there help me go back and look at some of my own personal commitments. These scribble notes are like some of those things. They're things that I may have jotted down in the day and they are reminders of how I'm living in a lot of ways, kind of like guideposts. And then I'll be like, why did you write that? You know, <laughs> whatever it is that, um, I need to go back and review or even to see my shortcomings. Like you've had that on the list for six weeks. <laughs> ah, okay. And, and so it's not just about, you know, accomplishments aren't always, I think we live sometimes in a world where we think that perfection is how we are successful through life. I don't think so. I think it's, it's the realization that there are things that we are putting on lists and that somehow sometimes they get, push aside, we need to go back and look at it and bring and wrangle them back up, right? So some of the stuff that I'll have on there, I'm like, oh man, I wrote that six weeks ago too. Um, I need to really do something about that. Uh, and so with and so that it doesn't really fall to the wayside or of, you know, or whatever. So yeah. Well, I think that's um, that makes a lot of sense. I've been trying to get my email under control. At the start of COVID, if you take all my disparate email accounts put them together, I had over 16,000 emails in my inbox. Um, and of those, I had, I forgot, 
I want to say of the of the sixteen thousand, I want to say there was more than a thousand unreds, and they got, went back for 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 a few years. But mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to get this thing finally cleared out because I could feel the anxiousness from having them sit there because it was like that. It was like, like you said, like oh my gosh, I think it's been on your list for six weeks. Why didn't you do it? I had those emails ostensibly for a purpose, or at least some of them. So the first thing I did was like weeded out all the junk emails that I really don't know why they never got deleted. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I did that. So then, I, then I went through, and I was trying to do them by blocks. You know, I, I was like, okay, that project's over. So any, any email that's related to that block, whether I ever did something with it or I didn't, you know, that, that project is over and not coming back and I don't need it. But then there were other ones where sometimes I saved an email because I wanted an email address. Okay, well, that's stupid. I, let me just process those. So I processed and created contacts. And then I worked my, I just kept in the evenings while half watching something on TV that I wasn't that into, I could do that and process, process old email. And, right. uh, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm let's put it this way. I was at 16,000. I'm now under 400. So that's, <laughs> to me, that's pretty damn good. That's a good. That's good. It's really and there good. Are, and some of the email boxes have achieved nirvana and uh, inbox zero, and yeah. some email and some addresses haven't. But um, you know, I that 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 last little bit of under four hundred is easily tackle, tackleable. And I and you know every day I get another two to three hundred. So I have to. So by able to say I can mean I'm maintaining that list of under four hundred. That means that I'm processing anything new. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm not letting it build up. Yeah, and I wonder if sometimes I feel like email processing is like holding on to pieces of paper that you're like, oh, I need that. I'm gonna come back to it. But what if you're just like, I'm not ever gonna. If you just decide right then and there, I'm not ever gonna want to do this. Am I like ask yourself necessary questions? Am I really gonna want to do this? Is this really something that I really want to come back and revisit? Is this quote really that important? And then you get to say nope. And then just delete it right there. And you'll never know that it was there. It's like, it's like it reminds me when my kids started getting, when they were getting, um, they have toys. And, and there were certain toys. Some of them were noisemakers. They were, they were excruciating noisemakers. And I was like, if I take this away and little by little, they won't even know that it was there. It'd just be removed from their consciousness altogether, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> so that's what I would do. And, and so I guess in some ways it really is out of sight, out of mind. There are certain things that are part of our core makeup, right, that are important to us. Keep those things because you more than likely will gravitate back to that. The others are sometimes just ideas that float around, and they're not really something that is, is part of what we'll revisit. So they stay there for a longer period of time. Just delete it. Right. Now, the problem with all of this is this is, to some extent, this is plain work, right? This isn't really accomplishing anything. This is just managing the daily crud that floats through our life. As, and we, it feels like work. It seems like work. But did we actually accomplish anything? Nah, it's, not, it's wasting. Yeah, no. So I had this thought of my, and actually I did this to an old email account. And I said, I bet you there's some good stuff in here. I deleted it all. Really? I did. I deleted it all. And you know what? I don't know what I don't know. Okay. 
There you go. I like I said, that. Somebody, if somebody in there is like, hey, do you have that? I'm like, no, resend it to me. But it gave me such a sense of freedom. I can't even, I can't even, des- I can't even describe how it made me feel. I was like, whatever's not archived isn't archived. If it was important, I would have already addressed it. And so I just deleted it all. Well, I, I think that's why I consider, I, like, I label it not doing work. And I consider it, it has, the, it has enough feel like work that it could, to some people might think it's work. It's a, but that is a misnomer. And frankly, I think it's dangerous because if you think you did work, if you think you're doing work when you, when you're doing something like processing email or cleaning your, your inbox or what have you, you know, it's, it's busy work. I'm not saying it doesn't have to get done. I'm not saying the filing doesn't have to occur and all those kinds of things, but you're not actually advancing your business or the thing that you're working on. You're just, For that day, right. You're, you're, right. <laughs> so you have to keep in mind that that's not really the work and if you think that it is then you will then you'll get to that point where you're like oh, I, I can't get it all done and people will ask me how i seem to accomplish a lot during the day and i'll say well because i'm i actually try to do what i consider to be work during the day and then the things like that like i said i was sitting on the couch you know with something inane on tv which i would have probably been looking at anyway or something and then processing the email or doing Which something else yeah yeah it's yeah. it's not during it's not the you do while you're standing in line waiting for something <laughs> it's something that you do in the the places that are not necessarily uh important sort yeah. of kind of, you know sort. It's, it's, yeah yeah Makes i don't sense. want it to i don't want it to take the place of, of working on on you know, moving forward with something that we really want to accomplish um, mm-hmm. and, you know, making an important phone call or going and visiting with someone who I need to visit with all in the yeah. name of, you know, kind of. Getting the inbox helping. zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it's, you know, it's got its, it's, it's got its problem. But I do think that, especially as it pertains to a lot of entrepreneurs out there or entrepreneurs, that they get stuck in um feeling busy like that is some form of a like there's a form of accomplishment from feeling busy mm-hmm. and um i'm like but you didn't actually you know you didn't actually do the hard stuff you know mm-hmm. you know processing email is not exactly the hard stuff um you know uh where where did you take the time to advance or work towards a what you know those those major documents or plans like where is your where's your business plan where are you on your financial plan right where are you on marketing like taking time to work on marketing can be less fun for some people but you know they say oh i was too busy doing this well what you were doing wasn't really important yeah unless in their mind they think that yeah well I don't well, but you should take the time to define that for you, right? Like make well, because decision. if you're looking What's through, important? there may be some stuff. Why I have a tendency to like save those kinds of things to later is because I can find myself going down a rabbit hole. So if I pull up an email and there actually is some pertinent information in there that really doesn't have anything to do with my day, then I start doing this crazy research on this thing that was a part of my list, but it's completely fascinating. Then, you know, then someone would be like, oh, but I cultivated ideas by pulling this up and it led me to this and it caused me to have, you know, some market ideas that I hadn't really thought about. 
the problem with that is that it wasn't part of the to-do list for marketing that day. And so that's kind of where, the, the, you know, there's no plan to go through it. So, you know, it's interesting. I keep, um, I keep two browser windows on my um, computer, usually open most of the time. And the tabs on one of the browser windows are things that I'm, I guess, real work, right? Really things that I'm, that I, that I need to accomplish. And the other browser window and its tabs are things that are, oh, that's interesting. Oh, or I'll start to go down a rabbit hole and I'll start to, to, to research. And then I'll realize I can't, I don't have time for this. So I'll leave it to, with the, with the idea is that I'll go back to it. Mm-hmm. And do you know how, how infrequently I actually revisit those tabs? Usually a couple of weeks go by and then I see that, that the tab is still sitting in that browser and I'm like, why the hell was I looking at that? And I just click and close it. <laughs> you know, it's almost like, but I, but I let the time go by because in the moment I got so caught up in researching that thing. And I'm like, why the hell was I researching that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. I get it. So, so one of our yeah. conversations this week, we were talking about, um, and it's about how the internet has made us somewhat lazy. Okay. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, one of the, I, I got to tell you something that is almost becoming, and not really, yeah, I'd say it's almost becoming a pet peeve is there's so many platforms, so many ways in which uh, customers can communicate with us right? They communicate right. with us through social media, some can text, email, you know, website inquiries. There's all these, these ways to contact. And so you, if you don't follow that right, you're getting, you're getting inundated with inquiries um, from multiple places. One of the ones that actually caused me to be like, hmm, I stopped and be like, okay, how did this question get here on the page that the information actually exists? So <clears throat> that I know is there that people that to the point, I'll tell you what it is. Our hours are posted, let's say on either Instagram, Facebook or whatever, that we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to five. Now what's interesting about what I'm saying is that these are our updated hours that have been in effect as a result of COVID because our original hours were Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to seven. Okay, I need to back story a little bit. Many times a day, people will send an inquiry. Are your hours Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5? Now, I didn't talk to these people, right? Mm-hmm. So they would have only seen that information, right, where it was posted. Are you open? Okay. And and, and in the post, and then they say, how, how do I, every information they need is in there. How do I, you know, how, um, about how to contact, all the information is there. And then I'll say, yes, it's, it's located. It's, and I'll tell them the hours again. I'm like, it's on our post. And they're like, oh yes, I saw that. Yeah. Is there a need, is there a need for communication to, with people to have to, to, to be told what to do? And so I had this conversation with a friend yesterday as well. There's a need for us to need to be spoon fed, to be told what to do, even when the information is readily available. Well, okay, but at least you're, well, and they're reaching out, but I, but they're not picking up the phone and calling you either, right? They're, they're reaching out with like a, an inquiry, an email. Because some, some people sort. prefer to, yeah, because some people prefer not to call. 
well, and that's where I gotta tell you the story. They wanted to she was like, are you for open so that I can come in is actually an inquiry question. I didn't get to that part. So not just a call. Okay. And so I'm like, anyway. What were you <laughs> no, I was going to talk about the, uh, the same thing, but about the person who says that they don't take reservations. Uh, like a restaurant doesn't take reservations because they're not on like open table. Instead of picking up the phone and calling the, the, the restaurant to inquire, if they can't, put their hands on the laziness category if you don't put your hands on the information instantaneously. So someone told me the story about that their person was trying to make a reservation. They, for dinner, they were going to have, it. hey, get a table for five at, you know, at 6.30 p.m. at this restaurant. And they came back and they said, oh, sorry, they, you know, they don't take reservations. He said, oh, you mean there's no reservation available at that time? No, 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 they don't take reservations. They, that can't be. They, you know, I've had reservations at this restaurant plenty of times. Well, what it came down to is the person who was making the reservation didn't, did not pick up the phone, does not pick up the phone, couldn't find a way to make a reservation online, and that, therefore, in their mind, no reservation could be had. <laughs> right. So it's like, <clears throat> yeah, so in that case, they're not willing to search out the next best step. What's the next, the next best option? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I feel like there's no, so in the same vein, there's no, um, there's no further research. They stop at a certain point and don't go any further. Like if I, like, for example, you know, when I go look for a restaurant, if I'm looking to see if they're open and this is somebody, again, this is somebody who was engaging the page. I scroll through their posts. Are you, are you open during COVID? Well, if you looked at the post the day before, <laughs> like, <laughs> Like you to see that that this place is obviously open. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like the laziest factor to me is that they don't go the next step. There's no like, there's no find out the information before you go and ask. And that's kind of where I feel like you know. Did you did you did you go look at it? My dad used to say to us all the time when we were kids. You like do your homework. And what that meant was if we were going, if we were asking to go someplace, and we we're like, hey, we want to go to the movies, and um can you drop us off, right? It's kind of like this. And so we're like, this movie is playing, this is where it's playing, can you drop us off, right? And then we may not do the homework, which means who's picking you up? Who's taking, you know, who's, who's dropping you off? How much does it cost? What time are you gonna be there? So it's like sometimes it's further information. People are just like, I got here and that's it. Let me call somebody for help. Right. <laughs> like information you could have researched on your own. Sure. And, <laughs> you know, it is important. Don't get me wrong. It is important to meet the customers where they are. So if the customers are, are looking for an online solution, you know, you better have online presence. If the customer is, if the customers are looking for you in these places, you need to be there and anticipating some of their questions to answer them because they don't want to pick up the phone or they don't want to do what have, have you. Exactly. At the, at the same time, there's a lazy factor that goes into that. So I wrote, and I don't often write bad reviews. I have to be pretty significantly moved to go and, and give somebody like a one-star rating on Yelp or something, right? Mm -hmm. But I have this situation involving a hotel in Long Beach, California. Um, in fact, I don't care. I'll name them. It's called the Broadland Hotel. And I booked a whole bunch of rooms. And they don't even have a – they don't basically want you to call them. It's like this weird checking yourself thing, and they only want to communicate by text and email and what have you. And again, I don't mind – I don't mind naming them because this whole situation pissed me off. So in the end, let's just say I couldn't get somebody. I wrote up a review. 
because there was there was no meeting me even to have a conversation to about about what I was frustrated about, right? So mm-hmm. this is all the way back at the beginning of March. And now here we are and it's in June. And like two days ago, you know, Yelp sends you a little thing that the that the vendor has responded to your comment. I wrote this thing in you know on March one. They responded to me in June, and, I'm, and, I, and I literally got like a moment of like, not glee, but I mean, oh, maybe they explained themselves. Maybe they apologized. Maybe they just, ex- just gave me some, their, their, their <coughs> viewpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the time, when I said I needed to cancel these other rooms because this thing wasn't going on, they told me, no, COVID has not come to California yet. That was their answer for why I needed to maintain these reservations. And I'm like, yes, but the people who are coming here are coming from places <laughs> where COVID has been and they're no longer yeah. coming. Right? Yeah. But they, they yeah. never would. You think about that now, that's, that's, that's a little insane. But okay, they didn't know that in the beginning of March, but okay, I'm thinking, right? So what I opened in the response was this almost cut and paste, not specific, talking about how it was unfortunate that I did not enjoy my stay. And I'm thinking there was no stay, right? Uh, we hope you'll come again in the future. So I thought, well, that's really weird. And so I started reading other reviews. They posted the same response to every negative review. Oh, so it was an auto response. Well, it's not, I guess it's not really an auto response because it took them all these months to come back and do it. It wasn't auto anything. They obviously was a cut and paste job. Oh, cut and paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, they, <laughs> but yeah, there, was no, there was no thought process. There was no attempt to to consider what the customer said. Now, I know that some people say the customer is always right, and sometimes the customer is not. In fact, the customer can be wrong. But meeting them at least partway with, I read your concern, and here's why I did X or why I do Y, is, I seem, seems to me to be a lot more genuine than to give me, to give me the auto response or cut and paste job that has nothing to do with anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I, I got quiet for a minute because I thought I was thinking about the whole, uh, the customer is always right. Okay. And they're not. I don't think they're always right. I think that they're, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bit of a misnomer. Everyone's fallible. Yeah, because everyone's fallible and there's abuse in that space. You know, like, here you have, so on this side of it, right, on the, the, the business side of it, is that a company who wants to make sure that their customers have a great experience will do what they can to make that experience right, no matter who it is. Well, so there, <clears throat> now, now you get to, to, to the gist of it. It's not that the customer is always right. It is that if the customer is having a bad experience, you will attempt to solve their problem and right. provide them it what right. they're looking for. And that is very, very different than than an auto reply that has no meaning whatsoever. Right, but my I guess my point to that is is that when you think about the customer is always right, I wanted to do some research in what context that statement was ever made, and then we all jumped on board and said that's what we're going to hold on to. And then every book during that time frame was like the customer is always right, and this is how this is how it is. And so we bought into something. Say we bought in the thought process that isn't that isn't correct. I've been a customer before and I can tell you that I've worked that system 
Sure. You know, and sometimes we work it to the heart of the person whose livelihood is to own a company, <clears throat> is to own this business, to really get our own selfish end. And we're not thinking about any of those things. And so in that regard, if it comes down to things that we don't want to talk about, a moral customer issue, is a customer right? No. And, and so I so I think that what you said before, you know, meeting the customer where where they're unhappy and getting to understand their unhappiness yes and and, and what and how can you and can you really solve their problem again and then you can still decide whether you want to or not but but having a conversation when this is part of the problem with the electronic age this is what you said about the laziness of the internet is it's just easier to write a negative review Oh well, it's easier to write an auto reply to that to that negative review and say, "Well, we're sorry you didn't enjoy your stay. Please come back." No one's trying to solve anyone's problem, right? No one's trying to meet them. The people when yeah. you see somebody, when you see that customer service person or whatever stand up and actually help you solve the problem, you immediately think this is a quality organization. You immediately think, "I wonder who is leading this thing because they're training their people well because they're because they're meeting." their customers' needs. I think that's what, it, that's what that really boils down to. Not that the customer's always right, but that a company that, rep, that, that takes that, that meets into their mind. Need. Right. Yeah. And so I, yes. and I think where the focus should be on, and maybe that could possibly be what it is, and people have abused that whole terminology. I believe that a, I believe that a company should service and provide a great experience for their customers, right? That should be their goal. And when that doesn't happen, there's also responsibility for the customer. Like you said, I don't, I rarely, I don't even know if I've ever written a negative review because the first thing I do is I go to the person, whether it's the owner, manager, whatever, I want to get it right before I write a review that's going to potentially destroy the reputation of the customer of that company because they could probably get it right and they don't know. So that the laziness is like, I'm mad and I'm going to write this review. I don't care what the solution could possibly be. Right. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so, um, so that they can, so they can, can, so that they can make it right. So I read this um, early on when I started my company. There's this book, and right now I cannot. It was just a like a startup book for business. And this guy, along these lines, he was like, "What he would do is, how can I make it right? You go to, if there's something that happened, you go to the customer, like, how can I make it right? And what do you say? How can I make it right within the context of which we run this company?" Because I'm not going to bring in a helicopter and fly oysters to you because <laughs> God bless them, right? Like, you know, some of the customers are like, customers are always right now I need you to fly that product straight to me, you know? <laughs> um, and so it puts the resp that responsibility of making sure that they can get it right if they can, and sometimes you can't. And that is basically servicing the customer, right? Agreed. Um, anyhow. Agreed, agreed. Well, look, we just not we just threw out another thirty-one minutes, and uh, hopefully, oh, we did it. Look how fast that stuff goes, but hopefully, some of that helps we're just, uh, we're, companies. We're talking, <laughs> talking about stuff that is typically in our heads, and so I hope that um, the ramblings have helped. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> People think about just you know, just these are things that we just we think about and talk about, right? Um, yeah. Just in general, Great. sometimes. Agreed, agreed. So, okay. Well, Kisha, have another fantastic day. I will. You too. All right. Thanks.